Hey, all you Holly weirdos. Join us as we prepare another table setting for another spooky guest. We bring on James T. Bartlett, haunted writer of Gourmet Ghosts and true crime writer of The Alaskan Blonde. If it's anyone that knows about history, haunted bars, restaurants, and other notable places in Los Angeles, he's your dude. Originally from London, James T. Bartlett has been living in Los Angeles since 2004. In 2012, he published Gourmet Ghosts Los Angeles, an alternative guide to the history and ghost stories behind some of the city's oldest bars, restaurants, and hotels. While 2016's Gourmet Ghosts 2 focus on true crimes that took place at more of LA's notable locations and eateries. The books led to lectures, events, book club hostings, and appearances on radio podcasts and television shows, including Ghost Adventures and The Unexplained. The most recent book of James is The Alaskan Blonde, Sex, Secrets, and the Hollywood Story That Shocked America, a true crime book re-examining a scandalous 1953 murder that began in Alaska and ended in Hollywood. I mean, which, what, what crime doesn't? While his short story, Death Under the Stars, was included in the recent Sisters in Crimes Los Angeles anthology, Entertainment to Die For. As a travel and lifestyle journalist and historian, he has written for the Los Angeles Times, BBC, Los Angeles Magazine, ALTA California, High Life, Hemispheres, Westways, Atlas Obscura, and Crime Reads, and so much more. Let's just say that James T. Barlett, it's like this Rolodex of knowledge when it comes to true crime hauntings and history in and around Los Angeles. You could literally dig through his brain and find so many places that you would never believe have ghosts and true crime connections. You want to stay tuned later in this episode because we touch on some places such as The Last Bookstore. We also talk about the Roosevelt Hotel does the Marilyn Monroe ghost still roam the halls of that hotel? Is her mirror still there? And we talk more about the Biltmore and the Barclay. It's going to be so delicious, so good. So grab your napkin, lay it on your lap and grab some spooky hors d'oeuvres just in case you're a little hungry because these gourmet ghosts are fresh and ready. Let's get Holly weird with true crime and haunted writer James T. Bartlett. Hey friends, before we head into this episode, we wanted to make a few announcements. First and foremost, we wanted to say thank you to each and every one of you that showed up to the first annual Parabod Festival and participated in our panel with our friends Ellie Not So Confidential as we talked about the crimes and haunted times of the Barclay Hotel. Thank you so much for waking up early and joining us and participating in that panel. We got to meet 
quite a few of our listeners. We got to put names with faces. We got to meet our new listeners. And we were just so happy and so excited to see all of you and to participate in this amazing event. Tony Sweet did such an amazing job. We definitely want to thank Tony and the folks at Parapod Fest, our friends Ellie Not So Confidential and Patty Negri, and of course our new buddies, um, Scarecast and Stephanie Strange. We made so many new connections, new friends, and that's what this whole festival was about. We got to learn so much about cryptids and witchcrafts. I mean, it's it's so crazy. And yes, the answer to your question is, will there be another one next year? Absolutely. We had great success this year and we hope to participate with them again soon. Also, we wanted to make a huge announcement Saturday. May 20th. Mark your calendars, guys. You've been wanting this for such a long time. You've been asking us, when is Holly Weird Paranormal going to do a live event? I want to come and see it. And will it be held in a haunted location? Absolutely. Um, And Bryce will be bringing his Himalayan salt lamp for protection. So we want you guys to join us Saturday, May 20th with our friends Ellie Meekly and Ellie Not So Confidential for a live podcast event called macabre mansions and haunted history and you're not going to believe where it's set where this event will be held get this it's going to be held in a haunted location the heritage square museum you've seen this on travel with jack and kelly osborne as they investigated this place you've heard about it in my personal ghost stories in my personal paranormal accounts of this location And you will learn more about it if you come to this event, because this is going to be an amazing night of true crime, spooks, history, and so much more. If you want to find out more information about it, please be following us, our friends, Ellie Meekly, and of course, Ellie Not So Confidential will be releasing more information on our social media sites. And of course, if you want to purchase tickets, you're like, no, um, take my money, then head on over to eventbrite.com forward slash macabre mansions plus haunted history. You'll find the link right there. Tickets go for $30 and the time is from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. We'll be having some refreshments, some snacks, some haunts, some stories. You'll get to meet and greet with all of us, take pictures. We'll get to meet all of you listeners. It'll be a fantastic time. I'm assuming I think we might have room for a tour of the mansions. So please follow us on our social medias. You can follow us at Hollywood Paranormal on Facebook, Instagram, and of course on TikTok and HWP podcast on Twitter. We hope to see you guys there. This is such an amazing event. May 20th from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Heritage Square Museum. Tickets are being sold right now on eventbrite.com forward slash macabre mansions plus haunted history. We've been selling quite a few tickets. We're so happy and you definitely want to grab your space. It's going to be a great event. We are so excited and we've been working really, really hard for this. If you are a fan of Holly Weird Paranormal, please head on over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating and a review. It really does help us indie podcasters out 
And if you have a ghost story to share, please forward them at hollyweirdparanormal at gmail.com. We are still collecting more ghost stories for an upcoming Listener's Tales episode. We are dying to do one, no pun intended. It's one of our favorite episodes to record. We have quite a few, but we need a few more in order to conduct this episode. So please send them your way. And if you want to support Hollyweird Paranormal, get this Hollyweird Paranormal train a-moving, then you can definitely help donate to the podcast by heading on over to www.patreon.com forward slash hollyweirdparanormal.com for as little as $1 or more per month. You can support the podcast, be inducted into our secret podcast society of Saturday Night Ghost Club. Yes, if you can't get enough of Hollyweird Paranormal and its ghost stories, trust me, we have some true ghost stories that we've collected from our friends and acquaintances wrapped up in the spooky little box and dumped into the Saturday Night Ghost Club Society. Be inducted do a binge you won't regret it and you'll also be gifted in stickers coasters magnets and so much more and for some of you who have already donated please forward us your address so we can send you these goodies all right guys i don't know about you but i'm ready for this interview with james t bartlett so grab your himalayan salt lamp make sure you have your salient night and let's get hollywood with james Welcome to Hollywood Fair Normal Podcast. I'm your host, Tammy Merhab Travez. Hello, I'm Bryce Mitchell Williams. And we have a gourmet treat for you today. Yes. We have a writer of Gourmet Ghost 1 and 2 and Alaskan Blonde. We have the James Bartlett here with us today. We have a table prepared for him to sit down to give us all the delicacies of true crime and haunts <laughs> in and around our lovely state of California. Predominantly around Los Angeles, James. Thank you for coming onto the podcast. Yes, and thank you so much. Getting kind of Holly weird with us. So <laughs> tell us, like, you are. How did you get into writing and specifically writing about true crime and ghosts? Oh well, thanks. Thanks for having me here. Um, I think probably the first thing you'll be able to tell, and and your listeners will be able to tell, is <laughs> I'm not American. Uh, I'm from England originally, from from North London, about 50 miles outside London. But I have been here in Los Angeles for about 15 years. Mm. Uh, sorry, 20 years, in fact. Um, and that's really how my writing for Gourmet Ghosts uh, started. Because when I first moved here, like lots of people who moved to Los Angeles, I, I found the city a bit bit large, very spread out, very difficult yes. to get to know, to get around. 100%. Um, and so what I started doing, which is what I think a lot of people do, was go to some bars and hotels, and <laughs> especially during happy hour. You know, to uh, to get to know a place and, and to get to explore a little bit. And <laughs> I would sit at the bar and have a drink and I would talk to the bartender and I would ask them, you know, if there are any good stories that they heard, good places, you know, that they know to go. And what happened, of course, was that I started to get told a couple of ghost stories mm. associated with some places or nice. some stories about celebrities. But then there were ghost stories. And then and that sort of made my ears twitch up because I've been a freelance journalist for oh over 20 years now like in the late 90s I guess I started oh wow um, and uh that made my ears twitch up and I, I would listen to the story and then I would come home and what I would do is I would look it up in the archives the mm. LA Times archives and the LA Examiner the the many newspapers that Los Angeles used to have to see if there was any basis to this ghost story mm. because of course you can't necessarily always prove 
a ghost story. But I thought, well, if anything did happen in that bar or in that hotel, and it kind of matches the story that I was told, then there's kind of the basis for an article, perhaps. You know, maybe one or two articles for the for the LA Weekly, as was back in the day. Um, and it really just spiraled from there. And what I found out was that nearly every place I went to, nearly every place had a story, and eight or nine times out of ten, they related to something in the archives that wow. had actually happened. Yes. And even when they didn't, I found other stuff in the archives that had happened in these pla- in these places. And that really interested me because as a new person in LA, you know, I wanted a guide of places to go, but I wanted a guide of places to go where there'd be like a good ghost story mm. or a good true crime story. Mm-hmm. And with a bit of bit of history and architecture rather than just a book that says, you know, they say there's the ghost of a woman who's just here who's murdered too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because otherwise you could you can write anything. Right. You know? And I just thought I need to find out, you know, any truth behind it. And that just got me into the world of archives and I started collecting all these stories and then eventually I put them into Gourmet Ghost which was the first book um I put some interviews in there because I interviewed staff members and I basically just put them all together and put them out thinking you know the only person that's going to be interested in this you know is my mother and you know (laughs) perhaps my friends and I was completely wrong it it was really people really love stories they really love history they really love crime they really love ghost stories. And, and there wasn't really a guide like this. So that was how the first one came about. And then the second one, which was Gourmet Ghost 2 a few years later, that was almost entirely true crime. Mm. I just spent the whole time in the archives because true crime had really exploded by that stage. And people, you know, people weren't interested in the, in the cocktails so much, um, but they wanted places that they could go and they wanted to know the crimes that had happened there. And I found... Mm lots of places and lots of crazy crimes yes you did and it's yeah. not the repetitive ones you know right. um you know we bring this up and i'm definitely going to bring up to the barclay hotel people mm. are too fixated on of course the sensationalized cecil hotel but they overlook the alexandria and sometimes the biltmore and definitely the barclay is constantly overlooked and um when we researched it i was like oh my god oh my god mm-hmm. Like, Which I think is sort of the brand of LA in general. I know true. when I first moved here, you just think like you have to live on Sunset, you have to live in like there's a very sort of Oscars era idea of LA when you're not living here, and I think that's true of the history of this city in general. Mm-hmm. Like there's the big ones that we've all heard about, of course, but this is like a living, breathing city with like stories being told constantly. It has very little to do with the sort of billboardization of our stories so that's i think the thing i liked the most about the second book is that even us in this world it was things that i had never heard of or experienced before reading this yes you're i think you're right we we very much get a certain image of Mm -hmm. los angeles and of hollywood especially and we hear certainly about certain murders and certain crimes and certain stories a lot a great deal and that didn't interest me so much Mm. because i figured you know history goes back beyond the 1960s or beyond 100 years goes 100%, you know yeah yeah and there and there are just just as as interesting crimes that happened you know 100 years ago and 100 yeah. years ago crimes didn't get solved you know 100 yes. years ago everybody had access to poison you know 100 years ago everybody had access to guns and they weren't licensed mm. and they weren't looked after and they were very common and crime and death and 
dying young was much more common than it is today. Mm-hmm. And that's what interested more was looking back into the history and finding this stuff out. And because I looked at other books, you know, uh, LA guy books and other true crime, but right. I didn't find them in that. You know, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to find anything new about Charles Manson, mm-hmm. you know, but I did think to myself, I might be able to find a few things that happened at some landmarks or some very grand buildings or hotels that were very grand and famous in their day, yeah. mm-hmm. but aren't necessarily famous anymore. And that's where the, the Cecil comes in and the mm-hmm. Barclay Hotel comes in, and the Exa- Alexandria comes in. A lot of these downtown places, downtown was like the center of LA at the beginning. It was the hip and fashionable place to be where the best hotels oh, yeah. were and the best places to go. It changed. That change yeah. has come back in the last 15, 20 years. Downtown's mm-hmm. very fashionable again, but for a long time it wasn't. And I think a lot of, it was like a generation of people here in the city who kind of just thought there's nothing going on downtown. It's a scummy place to go. You only go there to go to court. You know, there's nothing there, <laughs> you true. Know, which was, which was a, a, a true at the time. There wasn't a lot of restaurants. There weren't all the art mm-hmm. galleries and coffee bars. Mm-hmm. And so people didn't really pay any attention to the history. And now people are interested in the history because people are going downtown again. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like a lot of times that history is overlooked Mm. Um, and at times and other times, like it's just, um, not well-researched at all. And it's a little difficult. Um, this is something I had to talk with a historian of Jeff Belanger, but Mm. even back then, uh, the media still didn't get it right because everything was still so accelerated and finding newspaper articles in regards to crimes and murders was very difficult to search for because, um, you couldn't tell like what was real and what was on point yeah and, and often a lot of the time just on a practical level the newspapers wouldn't put an address or a location mm-hmm. where something would happen they would say you know it's a hotel at fifth and spring yeah you know which could be one of two hotels at least for example but then sometimes uh, later in the in the 40s and 50s when there was a huge interest in true crime and pulp fiction mm-hmm. magazines and detective magazines sometimes they would absolutely put the address and the room where something had happened they would print <laughs> wow. They would print suicide notes. They would show dead bodies in the street. You know, stuff oh, that we God, would yeah. never see uh, today. Yeah, journalistic. Yeah, ethics, that was like, it. Was God. a it was a heavily competitive newspaper market. Mm. Yeah. So you know, you've you've heard the phrase "if it bleeds, it leads." Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that would be in, and they would do that because you know it was it was yesterday's or tomorrow's, as we call it in England, fish and chip paper. You know, everyone forgot it by the next day. You know, mm-hmm. then I can't tell you how many stories I came across where you know I've got a whole archive of stories that could never really fully find where you'd find something awful that happened and then the newspaper never mentioned it again wow never had any idea if it was solved what even sometimes what the cause of death was but the but it had been in the paper that day it got the sales that's all they worried about no one cares about the inquest that happens you know two months later Mm -hmm. what do you think was the most deadliest decade in los angeles was it, in your opinion, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s? God, that's that's a great question. I, I it, it really is, because there's <laughs> yeah. several of them, in my opinion. Right in now, my opinion, 2023, it's been a I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you look on the whole, I mean, from what I found, I think probably because of the things we've talked about, that you could get away with crime and that the, the technology wasn't as, I guess, the 20s, 30s and 40s, probably. Oh, would so be weird. a time where, where so much happened and uh, it, it was documented, but it was never quote unquote solved. Mm. Um, I think as you get further and further on, 
technology gets better, policing gets better, and you mm. can't necessarily get away with crimes. You know, you couldn't you couldn't necessarily buy a gun. You couldn't buy poison anymore. Right. You know, you couldn't, you know, I mean, even drawing more recently or a little more recently, you know, you can't leave town. You can't go to another place without your details being there. You know, you, you forget like 100 years ago, you could go into a hotel. I mean, this is in our lifetime to an extent. You could go into a hotel. You would sign a visitor's book. You could write any name. You right. could pay cash. You could stay in a room the whole time and leave. And no one would ever know you'd been there or who mm. you were. Now, that's virtually impossible today. It's impossible for us to do anything without some electronic trace of our lives. But you go back to the 50s, 60s, even 70s, you could do that. And that, of course, leads to any sort of illicit dealings if you wish to do that. Hmm. That is so true. I mean, it was a bit of a lawless time in a way, and everything was so corrupted, especially mm. like in the 30s and 40s. I'm I'm watching Perry Mason right now on oh HBO, God. and I'm just like, yeah. oh my God, it was just, yeah. it was brutal back then. I mean, it was so lawless and so cutthroat mm. and so violent. Yeah, it, it it's hard to imagine from what we know of Los Angeles now that, you know, 140, 150 years ago, it was like a, it was a backwater. Mm. It was oh, yeah. not considered to be an important place at all, you know, it, I mean, even Los Angeles wasn't like a, a big place within California. Mm-hmm. You know, there were other cities that were bigger than them and, and considered more important. And so, you know, people acted accordingly and it was policed yeah. and legislated accordingly. You know, it's, it's only when certain things came through. I mean, Gold Rush starting it and then the movies and shipping and various other things made this city the city it is. That now we think, oh, it has a huge police force and a huge population. But you've got a small population. You don't have many police there at all, if at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you go to other states, you know, they have state troopers, you know, which there, there are here, I think, California State, you know, that look after things outside the cities because there's such a rural spread out population. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What was one crime that couldn't you couldn't shake off of your head? Like you couldn't um, stop researching well, you know what, that, that's a bit of, I'm going to do a bit of a cheat because there's one that I ended up doing a book about, um, <laughs> which, which, but you did ask. So, but I would have said, I would have actually love a shameless that. plug. We, we do, sh- we do. It's a shameless <laughs> plug, but I, I would have done it anyway, um, even if the book hadn't come out. Um, it was a, it was a crime I found in, in the second book um, that had happened at a hotel, it was formerly a hotel um, at, at Hollywood and Vine, um, very oh, fancy wow. hotel back in the day. Um, you, you can't really see it now because it's got two very tall buildings next to it and you can barely see the sign on the top because there's a big billboard in front of it. It was a very big hotel back in the day and it went in my guide or I researched it because it had a little cafe underneath so you could go. My guides were always like, it has to be somewhere you can go, not mm-hmm. just look at sight from the outside. Right. And I looked up the hotel and I looked it up back in the day and I came across that there had been a I mean, it's, it's a bit of a spoiler, but there had been a, a crime, a criminal act, a violent event at this hotel. And I just read the story and I put it in the book and I just thought, I wonder what happened to all the people involved. What, mm. what was the outcome of that? Because they're, they're, they're only they're like a thousand page chapters in the Gourmet Ghost book. And it, it, I couldn't quite shake it. And in the end, I just started doing what we all do all the time. I started looking stuff up on Google. To yeah. see, I, I, I thought mean, there must there must have been a book. I thought I'll get the book, and that will that will satisfy my curiosity. And there wasn't a book. And I didn't find many newspaper reports either. And I thought, wait a minute, this has a lot of factors in it that seem very newspaper worthy. You know, there's murder and there's suicide and money and sex. 
You know, there, there was an interracial relationship, which in the 50s was very scandalous. Mm-hmm. I was like, how is there no book about this? Mm. And then I started to found it had been in some pop fiction magazines and it had been in some other places. And that just led me off on the book that I that I put out last year that was really just initially my curiosity of what happened wow. in this story. And it just then it led into like five years of finding family members, you know, getting the FBI files and the police files, trying to find unpublished material and photographs and really just finding trying to find the whole story and giving the family members and hopefully people who read it an idea of what actually happened the night of the murder Hmm. that I had found. And what is the name of the book that has this very much unsolved or, you know, well, it's yeah, it's 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 called The Alaskan Blonde. And it has a subtitle Sex Secrets and the Hollywood Story that Shocked America. Mm. Um, and it has the Alaska and Hollywood elements because the murder took place in Alaska, um, mm-hmm. in Fairbanks, Alaska, which is the second smallest city or our second biggest, I should say. Um, it's a small place. And this was in the 1950s. So it's a very small city. And it was a very rich, successful businessman who was murdered in his bedroom, in, in his bed while he was asleep. Wow. Uh, his wife was beaten up. Uh, she's the Alaskan blonde of the, the book. Um, so his wife was beaten up. It was his fifth wife. Um, and she said that two Ooh. men had broken into the apartment, shot her husband and beaten her up and taken jewellery and money. And But then the police got a tip that she'd been having an affair and the investigation mm-hmm. changed. But the, the investigation wasn't a particularly good investigation. Mm-hmm. And the case never came to trial. It was never officially solved. Um, and the second half of the story all takes place in Hollywood because Diane Wells, who is the Alaskan blonde, the wife, mm-hmm. she comes down to Hollywood and lives here for about four months before the trial. So that's the big the big Hollywood collection. And it was, wow. it was so weird because, like I say, it was the Hollywood Plaza Hotel. She's buried at Hollywood forever, yeah. which I didn't know, which is like a little walk from my house. You know, all of these things that I th- there was this this weird connection. And that was how it made me, you know, write a book about it. Wow. That's what's so interesting and so amazing about the city is that it's connections mm. in every sense of the word. Like you'll learn one story and then find out, oh, well, this person used to live down the street from my old apartment or my old job. And Truly. and this and this woman who was a part of this case is, you know, buried right around the corner from you. It's like, yeah, kind of like. You were meant to be there and meant to tell mm. the story in a way. There were, there were definitely a few moments like that that were freaky. But, you know, Los Angeles <laughs> is is very much a city of people coming from somewhere else. Yes. You know, so many people come here from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense that they would, you, you you search for a connection in a way when you you move here. You try and find people that you know or stories that you know or people that you feel comfortable with. And nearly always, they're from somewhere else. Yeah. They're all, yeah. nearly always from somewhere else. They're not you you re- you don't often meet people who are born and raised in Los Angeles. No, very rare. And yeah. you're and a lot of a lot of people's misconception of people who originally are from Los Angeles is con- con- like completely asinine. They think like oh they're yeah. the uppity <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ones that think- live off of Hollywood and Vine. No, yes, no. <laughs> they think they're the ch- they have to be the children of actors or something. They yeah. have to be very closely related to the industry because why would you be there? That that's exactly. what people I think. But of course we've said like you know california or los angeles is huge right there's lots and lots of millions and millions of people here who have nothing to do with the entertainment industry pretty much 
it's just where they were born or where they moved to. And they, they've had a completely normal life like everyone else. Mm. But as you said, Bryce, you know, we only, we only get a certain view yes. of yes. what Los Angeles looks like. And it's pretty slim. Um, and it's, and it's also the one that the city likes to have, you know, it, it's, a, it's a, the, yes, it, it, it is a view it's like, cause it's very glamorous and it's very sexy and, you know, it makes a lot of money and, you know, it's, it's an, an around the world because what else they're going to do, you know, they're big industries, you know, it's a massive port. Yeah. That isn't, that isn't something that's very sexy, you know, <laughs> shipping no, it's goods. true. I don't Not know. Sexy. Well, <laughs> it, it, uh, yeah. This city does have a way of seducing you. I mean, it it's does. like people have a hard time wanting <laughs> to leave in a way. Yeah. And others are like, no, we're just picking up and going. Yeah. yeah. But speaking of connections, we do have one location that we're very connected to. And we are really, I hate to say this, but fans of um, the Barclays. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, it's so bad. <laughs> and that's everywhere as well I they're everywhere it's, so it's everywhere, it everywhere. Yeah. yeah you're connected to starbucks uh, <laughs> oh you meant you meant the barclay hotel yes my yes. bad my that bad one. but i think there is a starbucks like literally around the corner thank god there is a, there is a there is a starbucks around the corner from everywhere yeah, yeah. truly yeah <laughs> so yes the barclay hotel and this is a hotel that you actually bring up in your book mm. or goes to it is hard to find people who have researched this hotel you yeah. are probably i want to say off the like, count of like the fingers on my hand like i i mean it's probably you and two other people who have actually written about it but you've really taken a deeper dive into the barclay hotel yeah and- i mean part, part of it's from you know because I, I you know coming from england originally i, I like to walk around so, you know, yeah. people don't really walk anywhere here. So, of course, downtown, I walk around all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was researching the book, anywhere that was a hotel, yeah. you know, anywhere that had a bar attached or anywhere that once had a bar attached, I would look it up, regardless of, of what I knew about it. But the Barclays mm-hmm. Hotel was one of the most interesting because it's one of the oldest, if not yes. the oldest. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's several that claim it, but I, it was it was at the end of the 19th century. You know, yes. that was when it was first built in, in and it still has some little, you know, stained glass and some insignia and stuff from the day when it was built when it was called the van nuys hotel yeah. you know yes. before it was the barclay and so i looked it up and yeah there was a quite apart from the fact that several people have died in the elevator shaft there which was which was one of my uh one of the things that people seem to love is elevator shaft stories <laughs> there was a uh there was a hideous uh double murder a guy who killed one of his victims was here that i found and again it, as you say uh as you say Tammy, i I looked it up and there was a bit about this guy and some pictures, but not a lot. But then you read about what he did and you think, how is that not a bigger story? Mm-hmm. You know, how is that not a bigger story at the time? But again, it was the 40s. Mm. You know, this yes. wasn't the only thing that was happening. And this guy, um, you know, he confessed to it straight away. Killed two women in like 36 hours, confessed to it straight away. One of them he killed in the Barclay Hotel. But it was, he was called like a sort of a, a ripper killer, like a Jack the Ripper. Mm. He was, I mean, he, he, yeah, the LA yeah. slasher. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he really, he, he, he really um, cut them up and decapitated them. And, oh, and God, yeah. I, there are which, some pictures which I did, which I did find of them. And they're, they're really not pleasant pictures. Mm. No, you um, never want to Google that. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, he, he, he said he was like a, no, no, you don't want to Google that. No, but, don't you know, ever. He said he was like a, I am a sexual, no. And, you know, he said, you know, I'm, I'm a sexual deviant. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can't control myself. I went insane. I had to do it. And this is at the Barclay Hotel. I mean, that's the thing, as you say, sometimes you don't find a lot of research because mm-hmm. I'm sure at the time, you know, the owners of the hotels are like, you know, could we possibly try and keep the coverage down a little? 
mm-hmm. you know, if, if that's possible. And plus, you know, it, it, but at that time in the 40s and 50s, newspapers love that stuff. You know, they love putting that stuff in. Um, so, yeah, the Barclay Hotel is a good one. It's a good little undiscovered gem, I think, in terms of history-wise. Exactly. That's what I always yeah. tell people. I'm like, this place, I mean, the Cecil Hotel can even hold a candle to this place. <laughs> like, it's just, it's so, it's just so deep in history and the many yeah. deaths that mm. have occurred here mm. and a near death that, you know, that almost happened during the construction of this hotel yeah. is just pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, and I mean, what's it, really yeah, what's people, really interesting about that place is like it's like a triangle. It's like a Bermuda triangle there. You have the Barclay, <laughs> the Alexandria, mm-hmm. and I believe it's either the Biltmore or the Cecil that's around there, but it's like this little trifecta of just haunted hotels in downtown. There are a couple of a couple of triangles, you're right. And it's all in a pretty small area. It's yeah. all in a pretty small area as well. I mean, you know, as you say, people talk about the Cecil all the time, and I don't know how famous it would have been if if Elisa Lamb hadn't died in their water tank on the roof, because yes. that really brought it back into public consciousness really, yeah. to an extent. <laughs> um, but, you know, the Barclay Hotel had two serial killers there. They had the guy who, depending on what you call serial, if you call it, it, it I know it's supposed to be four, mm-hmm. but the, the guy we were talking about, Otto Wilson, he he killed two in a day. He was a lunatic. He, he was, you know, he was a, a, a serial killer. And then there was another guy who, who there's almost nothing about, um, mm. which Grim's, astounded me. I think me. it was um, the Grim Sleeper. No, well, I was I was talking actually about Vaughan Greenwood. Oh, Skid, yes. Skid Row Slasher. The Skid Row Slasher. Yeah, yes. he killed like 12 people yes. uh, in a really short period. And one of them was at the Barclay, but he left like three of the bodies outside the Central Library. I mean, mm-hmm. he killed a lot of people and there was almost nothing about him whatsoever. And that was a connection to the Barclay Hotel. And that interests me more than the Cecil Hotel, which now is just, you know, it's the watchword for yes. like a, a haunted or a scary hotel to go. And again, the Cecil Hotel in the day, beautiful hotel. It was one of the top hotels uh, in downtown. Mm-hmm. Really expensive, really well done. But it just, like a lot of them, went slowly downhill over the year, the depression. And then it just went slowly downhill. And now, but now that's the, the big one, mm. is the Cecil. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's almost become so big, it's like, I want to talk about something else. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, there's you know? other hotels, guys. And they're like, well, well, the Sissel. And, and I love it when people say, well, it's the most haunted hotel. I'm like, well, name three ghosts that haunt it. And they're like, yeah, no, no, that's right. Well, um, yeah. I think it's a le- I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to no. know what is a full body apparition. Oh, and yeah. No one has given me this no. answer. It's all been like, well, I felt this negative energy and I yeah. felt something overpowering me. Yeah. But I feel like that could all also be. <laughs> fear itself in a way hmm. that's absolutely fear. right totally in terms of like the Sissel has had a lot of bad stuff happen there mm-hmm. for sure way more suicides than anywhere else and as a vibe absolutely, absolutely I could see that people yeah. would have a horrendous vibe I never found any ghost stories me yes about thank the place you. thank never you never found the place now <laughs> not not you know and, and of course you could make some up and of course you could link mm. it to stuff that's happened but now it, that kind of stuff is out there. A lot of the stories are out there. But I never found, and I was researching this, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago. Mm. There was nothing like that. There were no ghost stories then. But the Biltmore, yes, ghost stories. I talked to people in the Biltmore who told oh, me about ghost 100%. stories. For example, yeah. yeah. You know, the same for the Roosevelt in Hollywood. I talked to people who told me stories and I believed them. You know, that is one of the things you do as a journalist. You, you don't talk to people when you're interviewing them. You try not to lead them. 
into mm. a story. Mm. You know, you try and get them to just tell a story about anything without going, so what was the ghost like that you saw? <laughs> yes, tell me you about could, the ghost. You can't what were say they that because it's yeah. not fair, you know, because then they feel they have to tell you mm. a ghost mm-hmm. story. So you would ask them about the hotel and then usually they would talk about their experience and it's always the little details that you know mean it probably is something that at least as far as they're concerned really happened to them. The little details that they tell you where you're like, okay, I really believe you were there and you really experienced that. Yeah. Rather than just somebody saying, well, you know, it was this big guy. It was like six foot high and it came towards me and it floated towards me. And I was like, okay, well, what, where, which part of the building were you in? What time of day was it? What? Yeah. And, and then they sometimes they don't have all of that yeah. because it's just yeah. more of a story than something they're recalling from their own memory. Mm. Absolutely. Spoken like a true, like, well, journalist. <laughs> yes. well you, have to, you have to do it because I thought it, it, that was the thing about these guidebooks. I thought it, I want it to be a guidebook that I want to buy and read. Yeah. And I don't want to read it and go, well, why didn't you ask about that? That sounds like I made that up. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't sound real to me. Or where's the any evidence to back all this up? Because you can never prove right. a ghost exists or not anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, and I you... think that's such an important delineation of like yeah. the things that we can prove yes. versus the right. things that people believed happen. And in a way, that is also a kind of truth. It might not be scientifically true, yeah. mm-hmm. but that's still a story that like holds weight as opposed to just like yeah. reciting your PowerPoint facts about like, <laughs> right. we've all, like, I get it. We've all seen American Horror Story. Like, that's great. Right. I love Ryan Murphy as much as the next person, but that's not the same as like, even if I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not here to pass judgment on whether people are telling the truth or not Mm. but ultimately if they believe that it's happened then that is their truth and then that's a story that you can actually tell it's such an important distinction especially in this field yeah and and especially and plus you could have the best evidence in the world and people are still Mm. not going to believe it you know it's like oh that's what i always say you can have all the evidence yeah but no proof it wouldn't matter yes yeah it wouldn't matter you could have the best ghost picture the best ufo picture the best bigfoot Mm. picture you could have you know a picture of the loch ness monster there would still be people who go, no, I don't believe it. Yeah. Okay. First and you foremost, know, Nessie is real. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know what? They're, they're, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a really interesting subject. And I, I've got time for the fact that it's possible. Whether it's an enormous yeah. like dinosaur like beast, who knows? It could be some other kind of aquatic creature for sure. But yeah. yes. the thing is, I don't know if I want it to be so solved. That's the thing. What do we want to do? Yeah. Like we're going to catch it and then you know and then, and then it's dead or put it in a zoo or an aquarium right uh, great that sounds great you know <laughs> I, I, how does that make it more interesting how does that make it any better yeah mm-hmm. you know i'd rather think that there could be something that's out there and you, you go back nessie goes back hundreds and hundreds of years yeah. of people talking about that and it's like well i guess they could have all been mistaken that's the thing you, you get to a certain stage where you're like it can't be that every single person was mistaken somebody must have and as you said you know Sometimes you talk to people and they really believe they saw something mm-hmm. yeah. and they really believe that they had an experience and it, it, it you can't turn around and go, you know what? That, that, I don't, I just don't believe you. I yeah. don't believe <laughs> you because you, you don't, because you do believe them. You're there in the moment. You're like, that mm. sounds real to me. That sounds like real to me. I mean, people mm-hmm. always ask me, have I ever seen a ghost? And I'm like, who knows? Probably. But do I have a particular t- story to tell about? No, I haven't because I'd be super cynical about it. Mm. You know, I'd be super skeptical. But if I did see something, I'm I know I'm gonna have to have a camera and I know it's gonna have yeah. to last more than a while. Yeah. And you know, uh, otherwise no one's gonna believe me, regardless of what I say. Yeah. True. 
a hundred percent. That is so true. I mean, even when it happens to you, you don't have the camera on, which has happened to me so many times. Always, like, yeah. Yeah. The camera <laughs> is not on or something happened to my audio and it just went kaput, which yeah. has happened before. Yeah. Um, in your opinion, James, like what is, what, in your opinion, what is the most haunted hotel in Los Angeles? Now you say that's a good question. I mean, mm-hmm. the most haunted <laughs> hotel. But in your, yeah, if, like in you know, from your the, research and your finds. I think the Biltmore, I think it has to be somewhere that's old. That's yeah. the thing. It has to be old because there's so many people who've been through mm. and so many things have happened. Uh, I think the the Roosevelt's up there, the Biltmore's up there. Um, I mean, I've I heard some great stories, like a couple of really good stories. That, you know where the last bookstore is? Yes. That particular building. Uh-huh. Um, I know it's not a hotel, but I had a couple of stories in there that people told me that I was like, wow, that sounds. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard someone yeah. on, on social media was like, I used to work in that bookstore, mm-hmm. the one that Elisa Lamb was last yeah. seen. And someone's like, yeah, that place is really haunted. Like people yeah. don't like to close by themselves in certain yeah. areas. Yeah. They don't like to be by themselves in certain areas of that bookstore because things have happened. Yeah, there's um, a bank There's a bank vault at the, uh, there's an elevator shaft, as I say, that goes all the way down to the bank, which is in the basement where the vault is. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy There was this. This is the best story I always talk about is that there was a guy, a night watchman in the late, it was t- late 20s or 30s, who fell down the elevator shaft and uh, died on the like on the ground in the basement. Mm-hmm. And all the people in the bank could hear this guy shouting for help, but they didn't know where he was because it was the service elevator at the back. And the service elevator is still there in the building. Oh and gosh. a lot of the staff don't like wow. to go in it. I mean, if you've ever seen a picture of it, it doesn't look like we think of as an elevator. I mean, right. it's like this old, rough, decra- and, you know, there's no roof on it. You know, they didn't oh. have roofs in the game. It doesn't uh, It doesn't have, like, lots of buttons, and it's a, you know, a lever system, mm-hmm. you know, and nothing like this. There's nothing mm-hmm. pull across doors or anything. You know, these weren't electrically timed, any of that. People used to fall down elevator shafts. And I'm not laughing because of that. I'm just saying people used to fall down elevator shafts. Yeah, because they were, I mean, curiosity killed the cat. They were so curious with this, you know, mechanism. Like, what is it? It was extraordinary how many people would put, because, it's you know, they're counterweights. Mm. You know, it's only now that, you know, the counterweights are at the side. Sometimes they would be in the middle or sometimes they would be, and people would put their heads in and they would get crushed or or they would be beheaded. I mean, people would be beheaded by the, and, you know, we forget we take them for granted but right. elevators back in the day and um they were a, a new innovation people didn't a know what they were trap. they did they didn't tra- yeah they didn't trust them you know that's yeah. why they were operators because people were really uncertain about the idea of going up inside an enclosed space in a building mm-hmm. you know that's why there were operators there to reassure people wow you know because you're like we can go up and down it's fine because people yeah. really didn't know and that again the technology people had no idea but the same but elevators you know, people couldn't work out how to use elevators initially because it was this moving ground. It didn't make mm. sense. Exactly. Especially like the telephone. They're like, wait, I could call someone mm. in a different. Yeah. And it, it, that's the thing. Imagine saying to Alexander Graham Bell, you know, <laughs> in, in 140, 50 years time, everyone will have a telephone in their pocket that can call anywhere in the world. And we can also see them when we call. They, they couldn't even conceive of that. Right. Yeah. What is the biggest ghost story attached? I'm so curious uh, 
to the last bookstore? Like what is the, what has it's, been the consistent one? It was that one. Well, there's two, there's, there's a couple of really good ones, but the, the one was the, uh, the night watchman who fell down the elevator shaft. Mm-hmm. Now that actually happened. Um, so that did happen. There was also another guy who um, killed himself in one of the bathrooms downstairs. This is back oh. in the day. But the ones I've heard several times from the the staff, the security guys, there's two entrances to the last bookstore. There's like the main one. And then there's another one on uh, Spring Street itself. There's like the back door that you go in with, or you used to go in to sell your books mm-hmm. because it's near the buy counter. There's always security there. And then they have the big marble stairs that go upstairs towards the other places yes. within the building. And I've talked to several of the security guards there and they said all the time, the one that they hear is the woman walking up and down in heels on the oh, wow. on one of the floors. And, and I said, but, but it could be a woman walking up and down in heels. And he said, no, he said, what happens is every new person that moves in to whether it's one of the apartments or one of the offices always calls down to go, who is that walking up and down the hallway wow. in their heels? Because everyone else in the building always knows there's no one there, but they hear a woman walking up and down in heels and you know what that sound is i mean it's pretty a strong sound the no, other seriously one that, yeah the other sound one that they've told me is that the stairs um it happens in a lot of buildings often security people will put a, a mirror at the curve of the stairs so they can see who's coming down the stairs before they come down mm-hmm. the story i got told there a couple of times is that they see a, a little girl on the stairs in her oh, dress gosh. and they see her in in the mirror but she never comes down the stairs. Oof. Now, several people told me that in that building. And of course, I looked it up in the archives to see if a s- small child had ever died there. Now, mm. you know, I couldn't find that. It doesn't necessarily mean a child did die there. No. But I, I certainly found in the book that if someone did, it often matched the ghost story. Mm. And, and they, they're passed through and, you know, it's, it's called, you know, like telephone where the story changes a bit over the years. It waters so, down. Yeah, but so many of them definitely you you would find some of the archives and go, oh, well, that must be what they're talking about then because mm-hmm. it's it's really similar. You know, someone got a guy got killed in the bar and he still appears where he was shot dead. Obvious, yeah. And, and then it turns out that there really was a guy killed over a game of pool, mm-hmm. you know, in the, and where's the pool table? In the corner, you know, <laughs> and that's where they, they see the people. I mean, it's a lot of places I'm sure you found they're so used to it that it doesn't usually frighten them anymore because usually the yes. experiences aren't um, um, insidious or a particularly right. evil feeling. It's usually just they'll notice something or see something. It's usually not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, 90% of the time, it's people don't people aren't frightened. People, people are usually just, what the hell was that? Mm-hmm. Rather than, than being frightened. It's only the small percentage of, of stories where people are like, you know, I, I felt under threat. I felt like I had to leave. Yeah. Hmm. That is so, I mean, think about it too. A uh, woman in heels nowadays, we're wearing, you know, Nike Dunks and Air Jordans. So, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, there's no walking around in heels and on the marble floor as well. Oh, yeah. Who is walking? Yeah. Is that Bryce? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to get, I got to get around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm sure a lot of our listeners want to know, James, the Roosevelt. What is, the, mm. is it true that the ghost of Marilyn Monroe? haunts the roosevelt and i was always taught um to always go back to the source of the story when did this story what year did the story come out and apparently mm. the whole legend or the story of the marilyn monroe ghost and the mirror came out i think it was in the early 90s late 80s mm. 
And yeah, I mean, you're, you're right again, like we talked about. You have to remember this. It's it's a really good story to pass out around the world. Anything Marilyn yes. Monroe, you know, it's, it's really only Marilyn and Elvis that have made it through <laughs> yes. all those years that people still know who they are. Yeah. You yeah. know, so many stars of the past have all disappeared and no one knows. But Marilyn and Elvis are the two that everyone recognizes. So any connection that any hotel or especially hotel can get to Marilyn is a thing. So you have yeah. to always bear that in mind. But she did one of her early photo, photo shoots. I think it was an ad for, I'm probably wrong saying toothpaste because why would she buy a swimming pool? But there was a photo of her on the swimming pool at the Roosevelt Hotel. And that was supposed to be an early photo shoot or a shoot of her either for an advert mm. or for pictures of her. So she she definitely spent time there. She may well have stayed there. It's quite possible. Lots of people did back in the day. You know, it, it was the same thing where actors and actresses would stay locally around where they were shooting if they yeah. weren't locally based. And the Roosevelt was really local. Um, mm. So she was there. There are pictures of her. And you're right about the mirror. It did emerge in the late um, 80s, early 90s. And it was in relation to a story that's pretty thin. But it said that there was a... a person who was uh, cleaning one of the rooms where Marilyn had once stayed, not that she'd recently stayed in, but one of the rooms that she had stayed in. And they looked up in the mirror, the mirror itself, and they saw her reflection in the mirror. So the hotel took the mirror and put it downstairs towards the lobby, sort of off the lobby. And people would come and look at the mirror and they would say, of course, that they too saw Marilyn's reflection in the mirror um, but th- th- what happened was it did disappear for a long time, actually. Um, yeah. Somewhere in between the writing of my two books, the, the the mirror disappeared because people asked me about it and they said, where's it gone? And I heard all sorts of rumours. I heard that um, it had gone to Disneyland, like Disney had bought it for some reason, mm-hmm. um, that it was in storage, that they were going to put it in another one of their hotels, that it was going to go to like a, a museum as like an artefact, like a, a ghost of Marilyn type thing. Mm-hmm. But apparently the, the mirror is back now in the Roosevelt. I saw something the other week online that apparently the mirror is back there. And there is a there is a picture of her sort of an etched glass thing next to the mirror. Yeah. But that's the mirror story is that she's supposed to have appeared in the mirror in the room that she stayed in. And they bought the mirror downstairs. And that was mm. sort of that. But I've heard some other really good stories at the Roosevelt. You know, that, that again, a, a, a kid. Um, which is a really upsetting story. Some of them are upsetting where, where um, a small child who appears near the fountain in the lobby. Yeah. And that, I was told that was a story that she had drowned, mm. um, drowned at the hotel in the, yeah. And she was still haunting the hotel. Um, and there were a few others that, I mean, the famous one is Montgomery Clift. Mm-hmm. Yes. Know, the, and uh, his I mean, trumpet. <laughs> yeah. Playing, playing the bugle and, and practicing. And that's true. He did stay there and he did, practice the trumpet is, and he, he was working that was absolutely true and nice. women uh, uh, you know again montgomery cliff no one knows who he is now but at the time and for a long time yeah fans would come and stay or want to stay in the room or on the floor where he stayed and some of them said you know he he appeared he was there yeah. you know he he sat on my bed or you know he i saw him above me or you know so that's that's a particular one and again people said that they had heard the sound of a bugle I mean, that's a pretty specific sound yeah the noise yes. You know, so people like that. But people, as you know, people will go and stay in hotels and places where things have happened, hoping for the chance that something will happen to them. And, you know, chances are if you paid good money to stay in a room where something happened, you really want something to happen and something's going to happen. Yeah, that is so true. (laughs) Have you have you stayed 
in any of these hotels? And have you had an unexplainable experience, whether you didn't see something, you know you felt something? I've stayed in quite a few of them. And you know what it is now? You always do the thing. You, you hear a noise at night. You, usually if I if I hear something more than three times, that's when I get up to have a look. Mm-hmm. Because you've always got to figure like it could be a towel falling down. It could be something in the yeah. bathroom. It could be one of those things. You can't always be like, you know, a cat in a hot tin roof thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> like, yes, I've been you know, around that, those that. people. I'm like, calm down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you can't do that. But you hear it once or twice or you hear it again and you hear it again. My, you know, apart from thinking, you know, is that someone breaking in or is it somebody outside in the yard or whatever? Mm-hmm. It would have to be a couple of times before I go and have a look. But, you know, again, these these old buildings, these old hotels, mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of the older hotels, they tell me that the elevators, they go up and down on their own and will stop at different floors and stay for too long. And t- that's a common one. You yeah. know, that, 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 you know, they're <laughs> old buildings, you know, it's like you stay in an old house. They yeah. make noises at night, you know, the weather Freaks. can affect things and the temperature and you know, floorboards and stuff. So you have to, otherwise we'd just be terrified all the time. I don't want to be terrified all the time. No, truly not. I don't want to be terrified Neither all the time. Neither do I. Yeah. No. That's what I get too. I get a lot of people that are like, well, you know, that hotel, like it's haunted. I'm like, well, what makes it haunted? They're like, it's the elevator. I'm like, well, please specify. Yeah. And they're like, well, yeah. it, goes, it goes up and down to different rooms. I'm like, yeah, yeah that, that's hap- that happens. It's an old elevator. This is an yeah. old building yeah. even the one at our old job bryce would just act up too it was the no worst. that one actually is haunted i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> bad maintenance no, it was haunted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean think of it this way you know we've all we've all got computers and we've all got phones right. how often yes. do they crash and something happens to them and they're supposed to be the most modern of technology mm-hmm. and you look at it and you're like my my front my screen's just frozen i don't know why i didn't do anything you know, so if that happens now, of course it happens on old things that are mechanical. But yeah. you know, seeing an elevator go up or come down, and mm-hmm. no one's called it and no buttons, are, that is freaky. Yeah, because it's like it's done it on its own. Yeah. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Um, what are there any other projects that you're embarking on right now in terms mm. of you know investigating other stories, other places in Los Angeles? Well, well I do. I, I do. I did mean to, I, 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 there is an, I am starting a sort of a thing called, um, they're going to, first one's going to come out soon, just like pocket guides going on nice. from the guide thing, just little things that will fit in it, like in a really, really fit in a pocket, you know, like not that. like a book size. So they're like the size of a small diary, something like that. So they're like 50 pages long and they have like the best pit story so i'm going to do one for downtown and one for hollywood oh, nice. oh so i want all of them <laughs> yeah so it's going to be there'll be some stuff that's from before some new stuff some updated stuff and the first one i'm doing is like a sort of a madness and mayhem and strange stories one nice. so that's all new stuff which it doesn't fit into a like the guide thing so it's like um there's like the mad pirate of catalina ever heard oh, of him sure. yeah. no neither ad- oh you have oh excellent uh, i think tammy we talked about it with I'm going to have to look back through our episode. We talked about it with someone and I did not know about it. No, me neither. I only found about yeah. it. Was like, someone mentioned it. And I remember like, I've heard like, like Catalina here and there. Yeah. yeah I was like Catalina yeah. wine mixer ghost. What? No, it's yeah, the right. Cat- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a guy. It was a guy. And it was a real guy who um, was a, it, he was a pirate. That's what he was charged with. I mean, he, he um, chartered a yacht and a load of people went out on the yacht and he killed the captain mm. and took everyone hostage and said, right, we're going to Mexico. And then two of the guys who were the crew overpowered him and 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 beat him up and threw him overboard. Oh and then they gosh. had to be found by the, you know, the Coast Guard. Wow. So that actually happened. So he was a real pirate. Um, and that was a big, that was a sensation. And then uh, 
There was like LA's Bonnie and Clyde. That's mm. a story that I found that was kind of mentioned in one of my books, but I just looked into it a lot more. So that was another, a young couple, mm-hmm. a young blonde girl. She was like 21 and her boyfriend. And they did a load of robberies together. Wow. And they were like a sensation at the time. And he ended up, uh, I mean, it, it timed well because of like, the, you know, the queen dying and mm. there being a new king. But he actually ended up writing to the king, which was George V at the time saying, I've been arrested for this crime. I'm an English citizen. Can you get a pardon? Because well, he was going to hang for it. Like wow. he, he was, he, oh, he wow. wanted to be, you know, to get his sentence commuted because he was an English citizen. And I'm not yeah. going to tell you if it worked. Um, and then some <laughs> Halloween murders. I, I found like three or four murders that actually happened on Halloween where people used masks, oh, you know, no. like trick or treat. Uh, no. Yeah, which which is pretty What brutal. decades did these uh, occur? I mean, well, you know, you, you think about it, it is the best... Um, of 50s, 60s, 70s, into the of 80s. Course. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's the best best time. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, it's the best time to kill someone is when you everyone can dress up in a costume. Oh, dear. Um, but it did actually happen. Um, and then uh, there's a really good, uh, really good, a really interesting suicide at Hollywood Forever that I found out about. And the stuff that I did, a massive research thing I did about Jack the Ripper, who who I the, the article is about uh, Jack the Ripper being in LA before mm. he went to London and I committed all the murders. I knew it. <laughs> I knew yeah. it. It was a rumor. I mean, like, I yeah. think Jack the Ripper was like, was yeah. here in LA. I was like, I, mm, I could see that. Yeah. It's yeah. all There's, about connections. I mean, I is. wouldn't be surprised. Fitting, yeah. Well, that's yes. the thing. We, we forget in those days, everybody, there was no, you didn't fly anywhere in those days. Everyone came by boat. I know. So you everyone traveled all the time. There were no Ubers, no planes. <laughs> and this guy who was, there was a big flap in the late 1880s, 18, early 1890s about this guy who had who was arrested in L.A., who was wanted in L.A., that people thought was Jack the Ripper. Oh, my mm. gosh. Which was great. I mean, I did a lot of research on that, and it was quite a sensation for about two weeks here because, you know, again, the newspapers thought Jack the Ripper was here. We've got a Jack the Ripper story. You know, he was actually here. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to tell you if it was him. <laughs> no, one, no one knows who it was. Right. No one knows who Jack the Ripper was. That is was. another unsolved mystery. Yeah, that is another unsolved mystery. Theories but, about it, but a lot yeah. of theories. But uh, it, it was it had a connection to one of the mm. one of the very hot suspects at one mm-hmm. time, and I was like, oh my god, that happened here in LA. Now, how would you ever find that? You have to go in the archives. You know, I mean, yeah. anyone who's listening, if you're ever interested in this kind of thing, like just go into the archives. You can access it through the public library. That is mm-hmm. so true. That's what yeah. people always ask me. They're like, well, how can I research and and, and look into these things? I'm like, so we have archives. Yeah. Like we yeah. yeah, the public library, yeah. LA Times, yeah. uh, newspapers.com is a really newspapers. good source. Com, yes, totally use that. And and I always start with what I say to people is put your home address in. Yeah. Look up your home address. Wow. And see if anything ever happened there. Because especially if it's an older building, yes. you never know who might have lived there for a start. It right. could have been someone notable back in the day, you know. Especially, you can put your cross street, you know, you can put your cross street if it's, or or put, you know, if you live at 420, put 418 and 422, because, hmm. you know, buildings get knocked in and, and changed around. And the, that could be your building. I found people who had like a, a marijuana growing, a marijuana thing growing in their backyard when it, <laughs> this is way, way back in the day. I was like, that's cooler than a murder. There was yeah. something growing yeah. in their backyard. <laughs> I said there was back in the 40s they were doing that wow. and they got discovered and, and they were arrested you know because it was illegal then 
but that was at someone's house. They'd moved in. And I, I, I do that usually when people move house. I'll say, give me your address. I'll look it up. Wow. Yeah. No, it's so, so true. That, that's what I would say to start is it, go, go look up, look up your own address or your friend's address or a family address. And then if you want to look even more, like look up your favorite bar. Mm. Like, you know, that's yeah. what I always do. Or your favorite restaurant or the place you go a lot, because it doesn't always necessarily mean it's always been that place. Well, we just came out of an era like in the post COVID L.A. There's so many businesses that did not survive, unfortunately, right. Right. that are yeah. being replaced or altered or changing ownership or knocked down entirely. Yeah. Like we're witnessing in real time as yeah. our city goes through quite an upheaval. And this is not the only time that that has happened. No, in no, the I mean, city. It, it, it yeah. is a pity, like you say, that yeah. so many of the older buildings get knocked down. Yeah, you know, that I mean, is it, true. It, it's really difficult to not have a building that's 100 years old that doesn't have any history that's yeah. probably never been in the newspapers for anything even if it's just like a car accident was outside yeah mm-hmm. but sometimes it will be you know that one of the past owners you know died a natural death in the house that is you know, a- sometimes that happens you know and if it's yeah. if it's a multi apartment building there's even more chance of it yeah especially the land um during mm. the pandemic um, I did an episode about this in Chasing Ghosts. During the pandemic, we had students from our old job at this acting school mm-hmm. that were living in off of Hollywood near Vine mm-hmm. in Highland. <laughs> yeah. And they lived in a new, it, it's like a new building. Mm-hmm. And they were experiencing these weird activities inside their apartment. And they're all right. actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like you said, I, I inputted the address into the computer and I get the Earl Gates and Crane funeral home mm-hmm. at once. See? stood in this place exactly the same place of that apartment building and they cater to the funerals of the early silent film stars and i'm like of course they're like little conduits like we mentioned in our haunted theater episode like actors are conduits and they are definitely stirring something up there with that energy that energy is attracted to them whatever was there it's just consistent and is a rotation it's so interesting but yeah, everywhere. And like you said, yeah, Bryce, exactly. like it's just layers and layers of history, really? you know, sometimes I just it's it's not always just what you think it is like in, in the last mm. 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, like one of the, the best things I found in the Alaskan Blonde, one of the weirdest things, the mm. connection things. Uh-huh. When uh, there was a, a mortuary that was involved, and I'm not going to say how, but in Hollywood. So I looked up where this mortuary was because it doesn't exist anymore. And I was like, where is that mortuary now? I wonder where it is. It's where book soup is. Do you know that bookstore oh in West Hollywood? Oh my God. Yes, that was yeah. 10 minutes away from my old apartment. Yeah. <gasps> so I that used, used to venture be, there a lot. Yeah. Oh my God. So that used to be a mortuary. It's a really cool building. Like really, it was beautiful. It's all white on the outside. So that used to be a James, mortuary in a, I know. You're not going to believe this, James. Like, <laughs> okay. So I used, to, when I, in Tammy's earlier early years, like living in WeHo, I would go there and read like the magazines and the yeah. new books and go to the signings and everything. And yeah. um, I just like chuckled one day with the sales girl and I was like, is this place on? And she's like, yeah. Yeah, totally. Just, I just that. like dead face. Like, yes. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, where things happen here when I close, I don't mm-hmm. like to be here by myself. And now mm-hmm. you just like, like validated. <laughs> I'll send you, I'll send you the picture of the, the more. I want to see there. it. Cause now yeah. that I remember you said yeah. book soup and I haven't thought about, I don't even know if it's there still. <gasps> yeah. Oh, it's still there. It's still okay, there. And that was, that was the weird thing about three is a pre pandemic. Mm-hmm. They did a thing a few years ago where they said, uh, local authors, you can come and sit in the window and be living art. 
you can write your latest book and sit in the window and people can look at what a writer looks like, right? Like a zoo. <laughs> like a zoo. That's the and most so, LA. So LA. Very, very LA. <laughs> so and LA. So, I, I, so I volunteered to do it and I went in and I was writing The Alaskan Blonde. And of course, oh, wow. that has a direct connection oh, that I had no my. idea about that years ago, I was like, oh my God. It has a direct connection to the book that I was writing. Isn't that weird? That, that was is weird. So cool. But you know what, James? Like the synchronicity. Say, like, yeah. in another yeah. 50 years or 20 years, like this book, like, really, like, one hot, like, just explodes everywhere. And people are like, this is the place where James right. Bartlett totally. oh, yeah, yeah. was, like, yeah, wrote a book. Yeah. <laughs> Who is that old guy in the window? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, that, that was a really weird thing to happen. But as I'm sure you found so often, you only dig a little bit into any mm. family or any history. There's always weird things that happen. There's nothing weirder than what real people do. Really? There's so much stuff you can't make up that fiction, you can make anything up, but people will go, I don't believe that. Yeah. But when it's nonfiction or when it's stuff that really happened, you can't say, well, I don't believe that. And you're like, really? Here are all the newspaper articles about it. Yeah. This really happened. There's nothing, mm-hmm. you know, nothing weirder than what happened to what people will do. Really? So true. And people always come back with, well, that's the media. You know, it's the media. We don't even know if it's true, which is fair. But I mean, it's I mean, not necessarily 50. I'm crime reporting. Crime reporting ha- has a lot of strict regulation on it yeah. as well. You you have yeah, to thank you. Have you. To get, you have to get names right. You have to get locations and addresses right. Because if you yes. put down, it, it's why we a lot of famous killers that we know always have three names mm-hmm. because the newspaper articles will put their full name first, middle and last. Because someone else who has that name, if I've, if my name was James Bartlett, right? And then there right. was a serial killer who was James Bartlett as well. Mm-hmm. If someone didn't put in the in the newspaper, I could sue that newspaper and say, Super I'm suing order. you because you've said it's me. Yeah. I am James Bartlett. And then I, no, 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 it's, it's James John Bartlett. I'm like, you didn't put that. Right. You yes. put James Bartlett. People think I'm a killer now. Mm. I mean, obviously that, that doesn't happen. But it could happen. So that they're, they're very specific about crime report. Wow. See, Grace, one... We did something. We use our middle names. So that people know that we are the killers. Thank yes. you. Yeah, well, yes. Well, now, now you'll, never be, you'll never be able to get away with anything because they have your full name. Now. <laughs> that, that is, that is, yeah, you know, it's, it's it, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald. Right. You know, yeah. no one called him Lee Harvey. No. You know, James Earl Ray. No one called him James Earl. Right. But they had to get the right name in the paper because it was really important. They didn't want anyone coming up for the simple reason that someone might go around yeah. and go, oh, you're James Earl, aren't you? You just killed Martin Luther King. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And of course, yeah. it's, and that has happened. It's right. happened as we, we've read before where people's names have gone in and, and people have gone around, not not lynch mobs per se. But people have gone around house and said, you're that guy who's accused of kidnapping. That oh, girl. yeah. I've seen that on TikTok. The stupid web sleuths. Yeah, and it's so, happened. Yeah, the and Karen, that's... you know, on this video is like, yeah. you know, Sarah Smith. And then there's like yeah. 50 of them and all 50 get like hounded. And yeah. they're like making a video on TikTok again. I'm not that Sarah Smith. I yeah. don't. It's, it's And the ridiculous. thing is, they won't believe them by that stage. They said, well, of course, you'll say it's not your. Of course, yeah. you'll say you're not them because mm-hmm. you don't want us to come around because we found you. Mm. It's like, no, no, no. I really am that. Like, but that's the problem with, with social media is it can be so instant. Yeah. But newspaper too wise. Instant, yeah. Yeah. That that is a problem with it, uh, but you know, back in the day, newspapers—that's where people got their information. Mm. Newspapers and radio, and then later television. But people really try. You know, we don't think about it now, but people really, really trusted newspapers back mm-hmm. in the day and radio. 
really trusted it. And that was where they got their information. Yeah. Yep. Everybody tuned into radio like they do with podcasts. They, it, it is. It, it is. It's interesting how it's come around again. Everything's cyclical. Uh, yes. Everyone likes to listen to information. And for some reason, I think in this case, for example, because we're really saying it and we're real people. Yeah. It's the same with when you interview people. When you interview a person, you actually speak to them. It's different than just reading it. Hmm. When you actually see them, when you actually hear them, you can hear their voice and you hear their nuances and you hear what they say, or you even see some of it and you think, right, that person seems believable to me, or that person doesn't seem believable. But when you just read it, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know any of the context to it. Hmm. Wow, James, we're going to have to have you back on our podcast. We have other events in the horizon too. Yes. We would love for you to be our special and, guest. And and, happy to do it. Be, I mean, you're, yes. It, I mean, cause I follow you on social media and I'm so glad you reached out and I'm unhappy with our spam. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I mean, like I said, when, when it's something I, I don't do a lot of these because a lot of them aren't that interesting or, or aren't that fun to an extent, mm-hmm. but the ones that seem to be interested in and have a genuine interest, I love doing them yeah. because I like oh. talking about history and, you know, it's, it's something people We're are really, really too. interested in this. And it's all about getting people to read and getting to people learn and, and getting mm-hmm. a bit about history and trying to express how they feel and their interest, you know, cause it was, it wasn't long ago that being interested in this kind of stuff made you a weirdo, yeah. you know, and, and it wasn't yes. so socially acceptable, you know, to kind mm-hmm. of, it's like, you're just weird because you're interested in that. And it's like, well, it doesn't have to be, you know, there, there is an actual history and an archive and, you know, real things that happened. But now it's it's the most socially acceptable thing in the world. Oh, yeah. 100%. And that's People why we're probably it, weird. Know? I know it sounds yeah. a little corny. <laughs> we're like, oh, so weird. Why do you call it Holly weird? And I'm like, it's right. weird. It is Good weird. It is. Yeah. <laughs> nothing weirder than people, honestly. <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely right. It's nothing weirder than people, <laughs> definitely. I mean, even when they're not killing people or doing anything, people are still weird. Yeah. Absolutely. James is like the missing link of our Holly Weird Paranormal Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. like the missing link right here. Trifecta is a circle. That's <laughs> that magic triangle. Uh, James, where can people stalk mm. you, find your books? Um, I know you do lectures. Where? When is the next one? Please uh, go I ahead and drop all your socials and your, you know, upcoming events. Okay. Um. So I'm uh, the the gourmetghost.com for the gourmet ghost stuff. The alaskanblonde.com for the Alaskan blonde stuff. Um, the same pretty much for all the other social media things. I did just to do a talk at the Central Library downtown when it pissed oh, wow. with rain. Uh, which wasn't the best day to do it, but that went pretty well. That was about the Alaskan Blonde. Um, is anything I've got coming up? I can't even think of anything. But um, I do do occasional stuff. Uh, sometimes it's I'm trying to get some walking tours going. Uh, I was going to say, you should do one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my gosh. You should yes. do, like, all of them. <laughs> yeah, there is there is a company that wants to do one downtown. So, obviously, it's going to have to be slightly better weather than this. But that yeah. might be a... That will be starting as a, as a monthly thing. Very Let much us know like, when so we can yeah. help you promote it because I, yeah. and so we can attend it as well. Yeah, I mean, that, that would, that Please would don't be. Please don't sign me up for walking, Tammy. Thank you. Yeah. I don't want to be oh, walking. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little, it's, it's not too heavy a walk. It's only okay, like, I'm, it's, I'm only, it's, it's all just the areas we talked about. It's just an amoosh moosh walk, Bryce. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Put your heels yes, in your is. bag, bring your trunkless, okay? Yes. Yeah, it'll be perfect. Yeah, see, even James knows. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, James, for being a part of this podcast. I mean, like all the elements, true crime, haunts, food, and and history. I mean, it's just the perfect concoction for (sighs) 
gourmet ghosts of of course and in a sense like it's not just yeah. ghosts in the spiritual sense but ghosts of the past that you are retelling their tales once more because someone has to tell their story really? one way or another yeah so that's amazing and we hope that we get to yeah, see you that, that, talk so some... soon yes thank you thank you so much um any other upcoming events that you may have or can't think of any. I mean, usually they're, they're on the social if if I do something. When I haven't okay. got a lot coming up. I'm, I'm traveling a fair bit at the moment doing other mm. stuff, but I am I'm doing, going to some, going to um, um, like a mystery conference in August. Um, nice. But that's that's more for mystery books and true crime books. Why am I not but surprised? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going ho- to I, a mystery conference. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People love a good mystery, but they also <laughs> like they also like it when it's solved. I found as well. They like a mystery, but they like it to be solved. Yes. It's a very, that's a very modern thing. People live in an age where we don't expect anything to ever be unsolved. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. People, people uh, want a solution. They think we've got the technology. We should always be, but life isn't as easy as that. Really? A hundred percent. Well, once more, thank you so much, James, for being a part of this podcast, for being our special guest. And we will definitely be in touch very soon for another. I know I could I could also read the emails right now, like bring him back. (laughs) Ask him this, please. Has he seen the Marilyn Monroe ghost? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Here she is now. Here she is. There we go. Well, thank you so much, James. And we'll definitely be in touch very soon. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. And always remember to stay Holly weird. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.